We had pretty important announcements yesterday in relation to restrictions being eased. Joining us now to talk more about that is Minister for Sport and Tourism, Sterling Hinchliffe. Thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Great to be with you. Thanks, Minister. Did I see you last night on TV on Hamilton Island? Oh, that was uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. So oh. it's, uh, uh, we were, oh, okay. we were hoping you were fangirling George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I did uh, yeah, make some comments yesterday about how welcome they are to uh, be in the region and uh, in in uh, the state and, and, you know, showing off uh, what paradise really does look like. Yeah. Well, look, we've been really lucky uh, in the sense, but it's all, all about the hard work that's also been done with COVID. I mean, that's why they're here, isn't it? The fact that we can, we can boast that we've got a very low rate. But crunch time is coming, isn't it? Yeah. It is, it is. So from the closer we get to the the 17th of December, the more vital it is that we uh, get vaccinated and protect each other. Uh, But it's also the pathway back to getting life back to as normal as possible. So uh, I'm... You know that that day is going to be that date is a key date in a range of ways because it'll also be the date that uh, we see, um, you know, uh, a whole lot of events and activities getting back to being more like normal and greater capacities at those events, uh, yeah. and uh, that 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 but that's going to rely upon people being uh, doubly vaxxed to attend. And now I am all for it. I'm I'm fine with it, and I think you know at sporting yep. events, things like that. It's really obvious that uh, vaccine passports and check-ins are going to be that's a no-brainer. But what about at your local coffee shop when there's a you know twenty-year-old barista behind the counter and an anti-vaxxer storms in and, and demands a coffee? What are they supposed to do? Well, uh, they, they are um, under the requirements of the, of the health directive. Uh, they're to advise the person that they're, they're not permitted under law uh, to serve them. If that person, you know, acts up in any further way, then uh, what we've heard from uh, the police commissioner yesterday is that uh, uh, her advice is that uh, they should uh, call the police. Wow. Okay. So it gets pretty heavy pretty quickly if someone's decided, no, I'm storming in here and I'm going to have my coffee either way or whatever venue it might be. Yeah, well, no, well, people are going to act inappropriately and, and um, uh, that's, that's the case at the moment. Uh, if people act inappropriately in a, in a private venue, the, the uh, you know, uh, owners can, can refuse this, them service and turn them away. Yep. That happens in a lot of instances. Most people just, you know, say, oh, well, you know, if you don't want my business, then you don't want to have it. And you can turn around and go. Okay. But the reality is that it's the law in this instance from the 17th of December. And can I just check too, all we have to have is that COVID passport that we've got through Medicare and, and that goes to your phone. That's that's all we need to show yeah. to get in if you're vaccinated? That, that's right. And it actually will get even simpler uh, from the end of, um, from, from midway through this month because the, uh, the COVID check-in app, the Queensland government, that Maroon app that we all think of, what mm-hmm. you use to yep. check into venues, uh, that'll be able to be linked. You'll be able to link the, the, your co, uh, your vaccinated, vaccination status to that and be able to show it all in one movement. Right. Yeah, right, which is really great, isn't it? All right. Um, yes. Now, the other thing, front page of the paper today, we're talking about heavy rail into Maruchidor uh, in time for the Olympics. Is that going to happen? Oh, that, that that's going to be a matter that uh, needs to be uh, negotiated with um, three levels of government to see what um, uh, commitment we can uh, we can have to that. Obviously, one of the the 
uh, opportunities uh, out of the hosting of the 2032 Games is that there is a commitment from the uh, federal government to uh, 50 uh, 50 uh, funding of um, uh, infrastructure, critical infrastructure for the Games. Uh, that's a matter for further negotiation about whether this is defined as critical infrastructure for the Games. All right. Um, but we certainly, certainly, uh, we welcome that opportunity to have those discussions about those ideas. So, if the Feds have got fifty percent, you've got fifty percent. Uh, well, that's a matter that we've got to further discuss. We'd also, with projects like this, uh, it's been. You know, where we've seen extensions of heavy rail lines uh, in recent times, it's also involved local government stepping up and being part of the story too. So yeah. that's a conversation that, that, that needs to happen. Yeah, okay. So it's very much sounds like it's still in the pipeline. This this plan to get uh, heavy rail into Maroochydore, or at least dual lines from Nambour all the way to Brisbane, has been a political football for quite some time. Sunshine Coasters just roll their eyes uh, when you start talking about heavy rail. Now they've got some other ideas coming through that have been quite unpopular as well. We're just wondering, uh, we're going to be riding buses to the Olympics. I mean, <laughs> it's eleven years away. This is a this is a very important piece of infrastructure. We're looking for some answers here. Oh, look! Um, the reality is, with uh, major events like uh, the Olympics, it was certainly the case on the the the, uh, the, the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. Uh, buses played a role. Every form of transport plays a role in in delivering the event. Um, that you know, it's important that we don't design. Our, um, our heavy rail uh, network or even our light rail networks uh, around a you know a, a two-week event in 11 years' time. It's important that we design it around how it's going to be used for the next 50 and 100 years. Um, but but uh, that, that's, that's why it's important that we use this as a catalyst to, uh, to have that discussion and maybe bring some different forms of funding into it. But uh, I, I, I certainly know that um, the... Uh, the Deputy Premier and his role as uh, Minister assisting the Premier on uh, games infrastructure will be part of the conversation. Right. Okay. Uh, that sounds wobbly to me. Yeah. It really does. It's, it's, yeah. It sounds I'm like you're sorry. having conversations back there going, we can't guarantee, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I, I'm still concerned. I'm still, <laughs> I've still got my foot in the concerned camp, Sterling. I'm yeah. sorry to tell you. Hey, um, but thank you so much for your time today. And uh, and I uh, I think a lot of Queensland stands behind you and stands behind yeah. the vaccine mandate. But I think it is going to be something that's very difficult for small business on the Sunshine Coast. And I think that we need to um, have a heart for them and, and, and support them in any way we can. Oh, absolutely. And the best way to support them is to get out and have that conversation with everyone you know about how important it is to get vaccinated, not just for themselves, but for yourself. So particularly families, talk to your, uh, you know, to the young members of your family. It's, it's predominantly um, people in that uh, 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 18 to uh, um, to 29 mark that are the, the, the lowest take-up rate of vaccination. Yeah, yeah. Um, really talk to those people and tell them why it's going to make a difference, not only to them and how they can you know, get out there and enjoy life, but also how it makes a difference to your family. Sterling, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's a really important message that we get vaccinated so we can get going again. Uh, congratulations, too, on keeping COVID out of Queensland. Uh, I've got to say the Palaszczuk government has done a tremendous job on that. We cannot take any of that away from you. Uh, so thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you very much and have a good day. Uh, Charles has joined us from Brisbane. What do you reckon, Charles? What did you want to say? Well, I just wanted to ask Sterling Hinchcliffe yeah, if it's... Uh if they don't plan rail for a special event, why haven't they just planned rail anyway? <laughs> uh, it was an interesting, wasn't it? Well, we don't want to put rail in for a two-week event. And, well, no. I feel like rail to Maroochydore is a no-brainer for transport 
It's not really about Absolutely. the Olympics. We've yeah. got to get people off the bloody Bruce Highway and yes. we've got to invest and mm. even the bullshit railway line to the Gold Coast. You know, <laughs> crikey. Seriously, <laughs> I mean... If we were in France, I mean, yes. there was a story the other day I read that said you can go farthing from one side of France to the other or north to south in less than 40 minutes or something. Yeah, yeah. mate, it, it's, I shake my head. I, I just mean, shake look, my head. Other countries have got bigger populations to support massive yes. infrastructure. That is a problem with such a big country. But I do think that um, heavy rail into the Sunshine Coast is just overdue. Absolutely. The, the road infrastructure can't handle it. And if you have a look at... All those developments of Caboolture and Caloundra, mm. they're all just going to clog up the highways. Thank make you, it Charles. Make it harder for people. Now, John's joined us from Narangbar. Got some concerns, have you, John? Uh, I just came in halfway through that uh, minister speaking. Did he say you're going to have to show a um, document to buy a cup of coffee? Uh, look, at least at this stage, yes, you are going to have to show your COVID vaccine passport. So have you had two shots yet? Yeah, but that's not the point. The fact is, you have to show a document to buy anything. Doesn't that disturb you? Isn't that alarming to you? Yeah, it's the same as a check-in, though. I look, I, I get what you, you what you're saying. I just don't want to get COVID. I think they're trying to encourage people who haven't had the two shots to get the two shots by restricting their movement, John. You can't, you can't just uh, walk along the street without your phone and decide that you want to get a get a Big Mac or something because you've got to you've got to prove who you are just to to exist. Yeah, no, you make it. You make a fair point. It'll be interesting how it plays out in real life when it when it comes in. About you, they're tracking so much of what you do. You know, and I'm not some conspiracy theorist, but really the amount that they watch you is just disturbing. Yeah, look, I've got to say, John, I agree with you on yeah. principle because if there was no COVID and all of a sudden the government said, hey, we're going to track you and everywhere you go, mm. there'd be riots in the and, street. And it's what's brought the conspiracy theorists out. Like, they're yeah. like, why are they suddenly making us check in everywhere we go? But, but again, but, I think it's a bit like, a you know, when a country gets onto a war footing, yeah. uh, like we did in World War II, World War One, where it's this massive group effort where we sort of ignore a few civil liberties, short term, and I stress yeah. short term, to get us through this crisis. But I, I think you're right, John. Be concerned. Yeah, like, I, I, I absolutely get how people feel nervous about it. Having said that, if the government wants to know that I go to Audi, BWS and Kmart, um, then I'm, not, I'm okay with it. Everyone knows you go to First Choice. <laughs> That's where the bargains are, Caroline. <laughs> Who are you trying to lie to? It's not on my way home. <laughs> Is it just me or does everyone love a robust conversation? We um, had Minister for Sport and Tourism on the radio about half an hour ago, Sterling Hinchliffe, talking about lots of things, but in particular the vaccine mandate. And, you know, I think we are all uncomfortable with a, with a mandate of any um, sort. None of us like checking in. None of us like wearing masks. But it just feels like this is something that has to be done if you don't want to get COVID, and I don't. None of us like uh, eating nanobots out of our steak either, <laughs> Caroline. <laughs> Don't even say things like that. It's a, So anyway, after we had the conversation, because it is going to be very difficult for small business to police vaccine mandates after December 17. And um, beautiful Keza from Keza's Cafe running us, and this is what she had to say. Yeah, well, I was just listening about the um, having a passport and entering places to be double vaccinated and stuff, because I've got a small business, of course. Yes. Um, yeah, so there's no way I will turn away a customer. You know what I mean? Yes. I need every cent I can get for my business. Yes, yeah. I understand but, that. But I do make sure that they check in, 
or they have a mask. You know what I mean? And yep. if I'm double back and they've got a mask, and surely I'm okay. Surely I just. I just can't yes. turn away every customer that's not vaccinated, you and know yes. what I mean? My and business would go down the gurgle. And I absolutely sympathise there, but can I just put this dilemma to you, Kerry? Let's just mm-hmm. say someone does stroll in, they, they, they use their check-in app, the check-in app pops up and says this person's not completely vaccinated and they don't have a mask on, will you still serve them? No. No. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. I just say, it's just say all up in the air, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yes. I just what Caroline said about a young 20-year-old, and I have my 19-year-old daughter working here making coffees. And what would we do if someone came in and yeah. started renting and saying, oh, I yes. want my coffee, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's not a fight that really you either want to have or should have to have. Yeah. That's right. I'm fighting with all my customers. I'll lose business. Yeah, it's a tricky one. And it's, uh, I think Keza speaks for a lot of small business people there. Hey, um... Then we got this call from John from Pelican Waters, and it was about the rail. Oh, look, I want to touch only caught the back end of the infrastructure equation, and this is a bit pseudo-political, obviously, but maybe if we didn't spend $9 bucks on Iraq and Afghanistan, we'd have money for infrastructure, mm. and, and we wouldn't have harmed our young people as well. Yeah. Oh, John, yeah. it's so sad, isn't it? It's heartbreaking. It, it, I mean, I just feel like, I mean, this is... I'll probably get had down, but why do we need $90 billion worth of submarines? Like, you know, if it's war, isn't it nuclear war, we all die anyway. I just feel like it's like, wouldn't we? We'd be better off buying a train. Don't don't forget that $9 billion spend. We don't get the subs for another 20 years. So hold off, hold off, enemy, hold off. I'm with you, John. (laughs) I think less money on defence, more money on trains. Absolutely, absolutely. And hospitals, by the way. Oh, yes, anyway, that's absolutely. Oh, listen to all these communists no, calling no, up. exactly. The radio banging on about wasting money on, on ridiculous things like war <laughs> oh, and spending God. it on hospitals and infrastructure. Um,